I've got a fever, and the only solution is more Barbara. Get that, Peggy. Hello. Peggy Sue? This is Grandma. Grandma? How's my little girl been? Grandpa what's the matter, Peggy? Peggy, what's up? It's Grandma. I can't talk. I'm, I'm sorry. Grandpa Bonnie, is he all right? He's perfectly fine. You saw them at Easter. What's this all about, Peggy? I don't know. I forgot. I'll call it tomorrow. I'll apologize. Good girl. I hate to see you so upset. You're my angel. Peggy, I don't mean to be intrusive, but are you having problems with Charlie? You mentioned something this morning. A lot of things are confusing right now. Charlie's just one of them. It's Charlie pressuring you to do things you don't think you should be doing. What do you mean? Peggy, you know what a penis is. Stay away from it. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. That ends for us real happily. We can watch it all develop. Starring everybody and me. Hello and welcome to the original cast of the movies. Thank you so much for being a patron of the original cast. And welcome to everybody who's not a patron who's listening to this on the main feed for the very first time. Thank you for listening to the original cast of the movies. We'll talk more about how you can become a patron and all that a little bit later. Uh, here in the year of, we're kicking off the year, we just ended the year of Barbara. And now this is the year of Barbara. Gonna work work on how I pronounce that a little bit, but that's what we're doing. We are we're doing year uh, a year of Barbara Harris films. Who is Barbara Harris? We'll talk about that. Why are we doing a year of Barbara Harris films? We'll talk about that too. And here to join us talking about this movie we're talking about today, we have from the What Is Love Actually podcast. It's Beth Amon, everybody. Hello, hello. There she is, looking festive as ever in this holiday season. <laughs> and uh, also joining us from the from several episodes of both the original cast of the movies and the original cast, but most recently, one of the reasons we're doing this year this way, the Apple Tree episode that we did, it's Carrie Ginsburg. Hey! Hi! There you are. All right. And yes, we are talking today as we kick off the year of Barbara Harris, talking about what is uh, not her final film, but one of her, her last movies, uh, certainly I think her last big role uh, in a movie, uh, Peggy Sue got married, the 1986 Francis Ford Coppola film uh, Academy Award nominated film. We'll talk about that too. Peggy Sue. This got was married. nominated for an Academy Award. I, for, yeah. For best actress, Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Turner was nominated for best actress. All right. She deserves that. 
That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's an interesting. Carrie's face says no, she doesn't. (laughs) I don't know. Now I feel like what I did not do was Google who she was up against. Uh, she lost to, I I can tell you, she lost to Marley Matlin in Children of a Lesser God. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Okay. Slightly different movie with a slightly I mean, different I, level of I should, I should clarify. I just feel better yeah. knowing that like her performance in a ridiculous movie was nominated sure. versus the sure, movie. Sure. Yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. this movie was a massive hit is the other thing I should say. It was a very big hit in 1986. It launched, got excellent reviews and, uh, and really launched uh, Nicolas Cage's career into the Which stratosphere. So, so confusing. Um, yeah, and it was also yeah, um, it was nominated also for uh, for um, cinematography and costume design, as uh, as um, Sharon's pointing out here in the chat. And it was nominated for uh, two Golden Globes for Best Picture, Comedy or Musical, and Best Actress, Ka- Kathleen Turner. She lost that one to Sissy Spacek for Crimes of the Heart. Uh, big year for turning plays into movies. I guess that's interesting. Um, But yes, and we're here to talk about Barbara Harris. And we should probably start right at the beginning with a question that Beth asked me before we started recording, which is who is Barbara Harris? Who is Barbara Harris? Carrie, would you like to start with who is Barbara (laughs) Harris? I'm not not disappointed, but as I was making that face, I just went, "If, if I wasn't a musical theater nerd... And had I not Excellent been question. featured on this podcast previously with films that Patrick likes uh, that we have talked about, would I yes. also know who Barbara Harris is even by name? Uh, right. And I think probably the answer is no. I'd be like, oh, the really excellent like a musical theater performer on the, you know, original cast album of the apple tree. Uh, as Sharon is reminding us, she was the, um, the mom from the original freaky Friday. I think Haley right, Mills was Foster. the daughter, right? Oh, Jody Foster. 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 Okay. Foster. I learned that from Wikipedia before starting. This oh, conversation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she's, she is an incredible stage actress who is also an amazing character actor on film. Uh, and uh, as with we saw and Peggy Sue got married, um, a little bit does go a long way. And I often feel like I wish we spent more time with her because like, boy, mom's got a lot going on in this in this yeah. story that like, yeah, I, a lot, I of, would lot like of half to, scenes. Yeah, yeah, I would like to I would like to know a lot more about a couple things are, are introduced and then sort of just never dealt with again yeah yeah Um, but but beth is that like a satisfactory answer for you or do we need to go to uh, well i'll tell you how we got yeah i i I, between your description and between the wikipedia articles i've read it definitely feels like she has been in a lot of things that i'm familiar with like on clear day you can see forever the apple like there is a lot of like musicals from that golden age period of musical theater like i know but i did not connect the dots that she was in it And also, like, looking at some of the parts she's played, like, I don't know if they would have come into my rep in my acting days. So that could have also been a part of why it just went bloop right on over the head. Yeah, well, so this all started way, way back in the first season of the original cast of the movies, I believe, when I made Carrie and my brother Roddy watch who is Harry Kellerman and why he's is he saying those terrible things about me, Um, which is a film that she is in. 
uh, she is undoubtedly the best part of, and she was nominated exactly. for an Oscar for. Um, yes. She and she delivers a monologue in it that Beth, you may have heard somebody do at a recital one day. It's a very like it's it's a monologue that pops up. It's an actress who's shown up at an audition. She's holding on to the guest light, ghost light, and she can't let go. And that's sort of the bit. It's a really really good monologue. Um, right. And Carrie and Roddy hated that movie. Um, it's easy to say, but they both really like Barbara Harris. And then yes. when she she's one of those actors who was just in a lot of things that I liked. So she's in that. And then she's also in a movie called Nashville, Robert Altman movie called Nashville in a very small part, which we'll be talking about a little later this uh, next year. She's in The Seduction of Joe Tynan with Alan Alda was another movie I found. Um, she knows Alan Alda from having done Apple Tree with him. And I just became very interested in her. And the, but it wasn't until just very uh, whenever that was October or September, Carrie, when we did the apple tree. Um, yeah. Sometime this past fall. Yeah. That I really was just sweet. I got super into Barbara Harris because we we talked the story about that. She won the Tony Award that year for for apple tree in a landslide. And at the ceremony, the video, which you can see online, she is sedated because earlier that morning Warren Beatty broke up with her and she was a wreck and it's a really yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) he took her to the Tonys well he was sort of he was sort of told he he had to take her to the Tonys because she wasn't like my version better I don't care yeah that's true this guy yeah broke up with her and then took her to the biggest event of her life where it was known she was going to win this award yes it was very clear she was the favorite you could have waited a minute sir right that's sort of what yeah that's the general opinion it's like maybe wait till monday or tuesday even like would have been fine you know let her enjoy her evening um but so then that was when i got really interested in her as a as a person because i loved everything she was in and i but I didn't know why I didn't like why she was didn't have a bigger career. And and uh, I, I discovered in not only in looking things up online, but then also recently talking to Austin Pendleton about her, who worked with her in the original off-Broadway production of the play. Oh, dad, poor dad. Mama's hung you in the closet and you're feeling so sad mm-hmm. that uh, which was her title. breakout. It's a very good. T- yeah. Very like 60s title. It's very 60s, long yeah. 60s title. Um which was a breakout role for her. She she got a lot of acclaim for it. It launched her stardom. It's the reason she ended up in On a Clear Day is that she hated being famous. Absolutely hated being famous and sort of actively she had a you know huge brush with fame in the 60s and was very famous as a comedian and then sort of quickly decided she didn't want to be famous anymore. And so took fewer and fewer roles and would only do move like she just wanted to go back to Chicago and do improv at Second City. That was really all she wanted to do. And she sort oh. of never got the chance to do that after the 60s because she was just she was too famous. Um, mm. So she took a lot of smaller parts and still some very interesting roles and obviously was nominated for an Oscar in the 70s and things like that. But she really she did her best not to have a huge fame seeking career. She only took parts that she was interested in or I think as we'll get to purely for the money. <laughs> we'll get to some of those movies a little later. Um but yeah, so we're going through her career backwards and Sharon's asked in the chat why we're not doing Gross Point Blank, which was her last credited role and is a movie I've seen a million times. It we're not doing Gross Point Blank cuz she's in it for four and a half minutes. She plays um uh John Cusack's mother in a funny mm-hmm. and poignant scene, but she's in it I mean, it's it's really a cameo. Um, and 
So I just decided that was we're also similarly not doing a movie she did after this, which was um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I was about to ask, who is she in that? Favorite Fanny Eubanks. Yeah, she's like the first person. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that musical so much. I I like that movie. I. Yeah. I I saw you sing. uh, Shoot. It just went to the back of my head. Where it's like the French do this, the, 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 the French. Here I am. That's yeah. it. I, I and I was like, that. who? I don't even know. Maybe Latido a million billion years ago. I would track. I, and I was like, I don't know who this Beth Amon chick is, but that's a great song. And she just sang the hell out of it. Thank and you. we should be friends. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Look at us now, Carrie. Look, look at us at, now. Uh, we've come <laughs> so far. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is actually one of my all-time favorite movies. And it is problematic. It's a great and movie. it is a mess. Yeah. And it is hilarious but i would play every role in that show and be so happy i like i love that show so much that's a great show yeah yeah it's a fun then we did it we've done it here great cast all the time Mm. oh tremendous cast yeah like Mm -hmm. movie movie like steve martin michael caine musical norbert leo butts and um john John lithgow Lithgow. john lithgow yeah like what like i can't yeah it's just so good you and i should just do our own podcast where we just talk about we the talk movie about and we talk it. about the musical and thank you very sure, much I will. I'll yes book, I'll, I'll to book the original cast network yeah we'll put you, you in the feed <laughs> uh sharon's also asking is gross point blank the the movie where barbara streisand is driven around by seth rogan that i refused to watch this past year and the answer is no i love uh gross point oh. blank we're just we're skipping it purely because there can only be 12 and i had to cut two so or three so i cut gross point blank i didn't do dirty rotten scoundrels and there's a third movie called nice girls don't explode she did uh right before this one where she plays the mother of a girl who every time she becomes sexually aroused the men she bursts into flames and it just seemed incredibly weird and it was hard to find and i was like never mind i'm just gonna give it up sounds on like that a metaphor that for something i'm not prepared oh, yeah. to talk about catholicism yeah. it's a metaphor for yeah catholicism. there it is there we go <laughs> Uh, so just, just, just slid right on past that one. Uh, but no, so we're going through her career backwards and we're doing it backwards because the movies get more interesting kind of as we go mm-hmm. back through time and we close then with what is one of my all time favorite movies, um, ever, which is uh, a thousand clowns, which is her first motion picture she ever did. It's a, an amazing performance. I love that movie. It's also a script by Herb Gardner who wrote, who is Harry Kellerman, um, and is just you know, absolutely adore. And yeah, Sharon's saying her other, am I saying her other movies aren't hard to find? I'm not. They're out there, but they are tricky <laughs> to find. They're, these are some of these are a little, a little complicated, but they're all out there somewhere. Uh, yeah. Mostly on, on Apple, like Apple TV for rent. Like that's sort of where you can find most of them. I did I, the free version with Portuguese subtitles that I did watched. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I didn't. They're also though, on archive.com. Just go ahead, guys. <laughs> I uh, I definitely rented it through Amazon because I, I have to watch with captions. Uh, and mm. the, I you tried mean you to, don't speak Portuguese? <laughs> well, the thing is, I tried to I tried to watch the Portuguese one with the captions activated and it was too much text over text on the screen. Mm-hmm. I thought I was having like an episode of some kind. So I was like, nope, you know what? I'm just going to, it is worth go the $3.99 investment. There you are. To be prepared today. Also, Absolutely. I've never seen this movie before. No, yeah, neither had I. had I. I was okay. aware of it, but I'd never seen it. Um, okay. And I kind of actually had no interest in seeing it. Uh, and and Smith <laughs> thought, you know, well, this will be I'd like to remind you, like, you did this to you. No, like, no, but I'm, that's yes. what I'm saying. It's, like, well, it's a movie that I knew was a success. I didn't know much about it, except that it was about 
a, a woman who travels back in time to high school. Um, but is it and, time travel or is it just a dream? Well, that's the question. That's yeah. the question. Yes. This this so this movie is ostensibly Peggy Sue, played by Kathleen Turner, um, goes to her twentieth high school reunion. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Pardon me. Um, I did the math and, and I was like, that look like either really old or really good for being uh, yeah. forty three. And she's she's doing she's doing all right. Her husband is Nicholas Cage, who is a local sales appliance salesman. Appliance salesman. Is that what like it is? The, okay. It's giving like the dad in Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. It With has a little that. bit of QVC on on cocaine. Oh, very it. much so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It felt very crazy Eddie to me. I don't know if that was just oh. the commercial we saw. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. like no, they called him Crazy Charlie at one point. He's too. Crazy yeah. Charlie. Oh, that's true. They call him Crazy Charlie. Yeah. But he's I mean, he's just a he's a local salesman. He's a nut. And uh, they're getting divorced because mm-hmm. he's having an affair. <laughs> he's With, Janet. Like, uh, With Janet. Great With name. Janet. Great name for, but great name for that. We, we can agree, right? That's a great mm-hmm. name for the the woman she he's having an affair with. That we never uh, see. That we never see because she's not really a person, mm-hmm. and um, she's a she's a plot device. She's not a person, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes with her daughter. First big cameo, not cameo, sorry, because they weren't famous yet. Uh, first Oscar winner of the movie, Helen Hunt plays their yes. daughter. Nicholas Cage and Katherine Turner have a daughter and it's Helen Hunt. I don't, uh-huh. I don't Okay. Um, it's who, funny because yes. Kathleen Turner and Helen Hunt look to be the same age. I was about to say, so, how old was Helen Hunt at this well, moment? So this is, this is the first sort of weird moment in the movie for me, timeline wise, because it's their 25th reunion. Yes. They have two kids. <laughs> they have two Am kids. I, they, they do have two that, kids. She said she got Beth pregnant at 18. Yes. I thought sure. that the older that Scott, who we don't see, who's the son, was the first baby. Okay, he is like that. That's the thing I can't quite clock because if that if he is, then he'd be twenty five years old, right? Yes. Like that's that's yeah. the thing. And Their so actual that, age difference is only nine years. Only nine. Oh wow. Years. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, well, for a movie, that's not bad though. What is like? Well, a, the, the yeah. Go ahead. Because. Because what is it like uh, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford and then Indiana Jones movie were t- 10 years apart, maybe 11 years apart where he plays her da- his dad. It's sure. it's too young to be to be a father. It's I don't boy. know. I was pa- I was cast as a 42 year old at the age of 22. So and then I played the mother of someone who was 26. So it really is in the eye of the <laughs> casting director. Isn't it? it is. It is. It's a type thing. Right. Isn't that movie? Is that what it is? You bring the gravitas. I, I read mom. You bring, oh. Yeah, you have big, big mom energy. Big mom um, energy. Anyway, uh, 25th so, reunion. So they go to the 25th reunion, and then Nicolas Cage isn't going to go. We meet the pantheon of characters who we're going to meet later. Sure. And then Nicolas Cage shows up. She's elected reunion, reunion queen, queen. Which is I not, not a thing, but that's okay. And then she is... Uh, she faints or has a heart attack or something. Some arrhythmia, and, yes. And wakes she's up. Overwhelmed and time travel. And she's overwhelmed and she wakes up back in 1961 yeah. and she has traveled back to her own past to do something. It's well, never but... really, ad- yeah, never really addressed. 
I just kept thinking this whole time. I'm like, okay, what are like the plot devices that Patrick has told me are in everything? I'm like, where is the clock? Right. What is, what are the stakes here? I'm like there, no I got nothing. There's no nothing here. Well, no. So there is, they build in a clock way too late. They build in the clock of the fact that like she got pregnant. We don't know that she got pregnant. Oh, you're right. That she got pregnant that, on her 18th birthday. At her 18th birthday until very late in the movie. If we knew mm. that from the beginning. Yeah. That's that would kind point. of build in a small, but it's, but it's not something. So, I mean, the basic plot is she goes through life in 1961. She does some things she wished she did when she was younger. She sleeps mm -hmm. with a beatnik. She tells the nerd the secrets to the future. Mm -hmm. uh, and she hangs out with her grandparents, which is, which is a lovely little moment. And then she decides that she does actually love Nicolas Cage. And she goes back to the present. Uh, and, We'll, we'll talk about the ending a little bit later, but it is just like it, it, I, it was. I, yeah, I, I in terms of like all those little conversations you and I've had about story structure and all that, this movie doesn't really have a lot of that. No. I don't know. She doesn't know why she's there. We don't know why she's there. And well, she doesn't seem that interested in going home. Like, yeah, it, and there don't seem no. to be any like consequences of her no. doing things that are different from mm -hmm. her original timeline. Like, no. I'm wondering, like, where's the back to the future moment where the children start disappearing from the photo? Yes. Yep. None of that. I, I didn't. It was totally just like, agree. Well, I guess I'm here. Like, at one point she says, I'm probably dead anyway. And just like rolls on right. like, her day. So it like, I just was confused. The majority of the movie of like, is no one else concerned? Like, does she not realize how, <laughs> like, shouldn't she be, shouldn't she be more worried? Well, and, and, and the fact that like, she keeps using the past tense. She mm. keeps saying, I used to, I, I, I used to, you know, oh, wh what is a good example? I don't know. It's been a really long day, guys. But like, uh, <laughs> I, I used to, I'm trying to think about what she says to her sister, Nancy, who's Sofia Coppola when she comes in and she's like. Oh, right. Oscar winner Sofia Coppola pops up. Oscar winner Sofia Coppola. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like. I oh do you, you you oh when her dad buys the Edsel and she's like yeah. oh you used to do stuff like this all the you time you were always like, doing stuff like that you were yeah. always yeah. doing stuff like this and like nobody's like what do you mean you were like and this happens the entire time it's not even it's I mean even even live action films that you see on the Disney Channel now when there's this weird sort of like temporal blip and somebody <laughs> is back in time or in some sort of like this isn't my worldness of it and they say something that is weird everybody goes what what yeah. what are you talking about and then that person catches themselves and catches on so they stop sticking out right mm -hmm. yeah i wish we kept in touch more i used to love kissing yeah. sharon is on it god bless oh, you yeah. thank got you it. yes uh see what that was one thing i eventually started to like about the movie was the fact that she was she was consistently not taking it seriously that she was yeah. just sort of like, well, I'm dead or I'm dreaming. She's so, like, I'm going to tell you all the secrets. I'm just going to do make you rich. Right. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. appliances, but bigger radios. Don't eat right. the red M and M's. They're they're Don't eat the they red M and M's. They'll make your lips turn yeah. red. Yeah. Right. I remember. I remember that from when from that we that when they were banned. I remember when the red M and M's were banned. I remember when they came back. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal. There was my I, mean, I had a whole childhood without red M and M's, Beth. <laughs> it was that a whole time. Thing. Yeah, they were I banned because they had uh there was something in the dye that was really yeah. bad for Red you. Red dye 40 had carcinogens in it. Yeah. Oh. 
but it was tasty. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't only M and M's. Like anything that had that dye was pulled while they re-engineered yeah. the formulas and re-engineered. That the sounds. Dye. That sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Not me. Yeah, I did appreciate though this because every once in a while, you know, people will be like, "Oh, is it? You know, is there a time that you wish you could back or like, don't you wish you were twenty mm-hmm. again?" And I'm usually like. No, I don't wish I no. was 20 again. But what I the do The correct wish answer is, is no, by the way, yeah. guys. If anyone ever asks you that question, the right answer no. is no. But <laughs> I think I'm fine I, where I am. But there, there are some are, bits that would be fun to go There are moments to. that I would love to go back and experience as myself now, then. Ooh. Like, if I knew then what I know now, I would have enjoyed that experience or experienced it in a very different way. And so I do appreciate that there were moments where she was like reacting to scenarios, like a grown up would react to the scenario, mm-hmm. even though she, it's like almost as though she was like in observation of her adolescent self, but she's making different choices, like reacting with the, you know, adult wisdom to like the, the adolescent drama of it all. I did well, enjoy elements of that. And even when she participated in the kind of drama, like when she splashes her pen ink on that girl, she's oh, yeah. 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 Like, like the girl gives what she thinks is like the most scathing insult of like, go stuff your bra. Stuff your bra. And she's I know. Like, she's like, all right, bye. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sure a teenager at that point would have thought like, my life is over in this moment. Right. I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. I've insulted someone. They said something mean back to me. And she was just kind of like, meh, bye. Mm. Yeah. The thing about the telling the algebra teacher she would never actually use it, and she has used algebra. She will never yeah. use it as an adult. I was like, same. That girl. was funny. Yeah, no. same. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, for anyone who thinks they might want to relive the past, I would like to refer you to the third act of Our Town, and you can just go oh. and see what, the, what you pretty much think that would be like, because I think that pretty much nails it. Uh, Ooh. but the. Yeah, I mean, because she does have the. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, sort of in a big picture way, what she l- learns in this experience if she learns like it's it's anything like you know how it's a wonderful life the framing is like you appreciate what you have and like you realize like if you weren't there all these things wouldn't happen like it's almost like they were trying to do that but instead of getting like a a good marriage and a wonderful community she got nicholas cage with a very weird voice who's cheated on her (laughs) Let's talk about Nicolas Cage. Like, what is for he the doing? Next hour I, and a half. I don't know. Uh, choices. <laughs> choices. So, I mean, yes, this is, this is, no, this is a true graduate of the James Finley School of Acting. He's making choices, not faces. He's also actually doing both. He's making faces and choices. I think yeah, but James time. makes faces, not choices. He right. has it on a coffee mug. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah, he does. So apparently, because Cop- Francis Ford Coppola is Nicolas Cage's uncle, I think uncle. that's the mm-hmm. relation. Yeah, and wanted him, Napo, baby, wanted him to do this part, and Nicolas Cage didn't want to do it, and he didn't want to do it, and he finally said, "Okay, I'll do it, but only if I can do it this weird way. If I can have like these false teeth and do this weird voice." And mm-hmm. Coppola was like, "Fine." I'm also and, just gonna say I, I didn't realize they were fake teeth because they just look like his teeth, which now I'm like, yeah, they're like his teeth were that bad. They're like veneers. They're not like they were, real full fake teeth, but he's definitely got like teeth, like some kind of something dental something. Yeah, like in his a mouth. partial. I don't know. He's he's very toothsome to begin with. So, um, yeah, and apparently, he and Kathleen Turner did not get along 
uh, no kidding. during the production. I wouldn't movie. want to be near someone making these choices. So here's the thing. For years, she told stories on talk shows about the fact that he was drunk throughout the entire making of this movie and was rude and didn't know his lines and like everybody would hold up production and blah, blah, blah. And sometime in the 90s, he sued her for, for defamation. defamation and won. Because like, and she had to like pay him money, uh, an undisclosed amount of money that was donated to charity, and had to issue a, a public apology. That's like, funny. Yeah, that's amazing. So, that's like some some intense level of cattiness. Take yeah. that, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's her most popular movie. Beth, by the way, is is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, Who is she? She's the voice of Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. She's the voice of Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. God, okay. She doesn't yeah. sing though, but she's the voice of the. No, oh, she doesn't okay. sing. She is the. Yeah. She's the speaking voice. That makes sense. Yeah. The kind of low husky voice. Yeah. Her most her most character. famous movie where she's like the star of the movie is Romancing the Stone from 1984, which is a movie that I'm assuming Carrie has seen. More of the but, not War of the Roses. I would put the two of them comes, up there together. The on IMDb, the three they they're in a row: Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, War of the Roses, and then Peggy. You've had to explain. You've had to explain Romancing the Stone because we were I have had to explain that too. Romancing That's right. the Star, the <laughs> right. Princess Switch movie, and you're right. like, you get this right? And I was like, huh? Who? <laughs> yes, that's okay. right. I forgot about that. Um, the stone I knew you had some generation. connection to it. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love *Romancing the Stone*. Um, uh, it probably it probably doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> like I haven't seen it in twenty years or more, but like I really enjoyed it in the in the eighties. Uh, but yeah, so Nicolas Cage is is in this movie. He's doing his. He's he's really like made a choice that this guy is profoundly. I mean, I, I would say unlikable, but like, yes. <laughs> clearly that's not that's not the bit, um, because I should say, uh, guess who got great reviews for this performance? <laughs> it's one Nicholas Cage. Cage? The, people loved this in, in 86. Apparently, I don't know. What was happening in 1986? Don't. What was happening? Um, I don't I mean, Platoon won Best Picture, so nothing great, probably. But uh you know, we were a year away from the stock market crash of 87. Yeah, was, Reagan is an second Reagan. administration. Yeah, we're, we're peak Reagan at this point. Yeah. We're all, it's all, you know, it's Rambo 2 and, and uh, Rocky 3. It's all Wolf of it's Wall all. Street and, yeah. yeah. But for real. Like Greco, for real. yeah, yeah, Gordon yeah, yeah. Gecko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Greed, America- that's what it is. Not Greed Wolf is good, yeah, exactly. Greed, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I found it very off-put, frankly. I couldn't understand... What, well, so what was so funny was like he's he's being this he's got this voice, he's got these mannerisms and he like, you know, he wants to be a singer, but he's it, it, it's a very authentic teenage like the way it's written, I thought was really, really clever that he's like he's got these big dreams, but not a no follow through whatsoever. Right. And it's like that feels good. Like that feels exactly right. Everybody likes him and he gets along with people. And then so by the end of the of the flashback section i was sort of like okay he's he's fine i get it like he's he well no but i was i was i not not that i want to hang out with him but i was sort of like okay i guess the moment when he tried to smother her with a pillow hello oh yes that that's that's not okay no that was not okay also he's doing this weird like hand thing outside like out of her outside of her window and then yeah and then they go down to the basement he like 
shakes are really yes, hard. Like, oh, yeah. About this oh, what's going suddenly. On? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so, no, we have to talk about that scene for a second. So, we could, well, so let me finish my thought real fast. So, like, okay. at the end of the movie, I was sort of like, okay with him. And then we flash forward to the present, and he's like, <laughs> he looks like a caved in ashtray. He's just kind of yes. like, they've got him like all nailed <laughs> out. And he's like hunched over and he's got he's doing the same voice, but he's like added a rasp and dropped it an octave. And I was like, oh, this human being is odious. Like, I'm no, never mind. He's Jabba the Hutt all of a sudden. I was like, I'm not. Yes. It was really bad. I was so thrilled because I was I was like, maybe (laughs) part of this is like her being able to own her autonomy aside Mm -hmm. from these men, right? Like she had Mm -hmm. her father who was overbearing. Then she had this boyfriend who was like awful. Then it's Michael the beatnik who's just like, we're going to go live on a farm and have chickens and you're in charge of being chicken. Polyamorous in Utah. And like, it's just, no, I'm not even polyamorous. Polygamous in Utah. Anyway, I just wanted him to stop talking. Um, and I, I kept Googling the things he was saying. Cause I was like, I think that's Kerouac. I think that's Yates. I think yeah. that's Ginsburg. Oh, yeah. I was right. Anyway, he's stealing um, all of it. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, yeah it's a complete yeah. robot, but I, I loved it at the end. I was like, Oh, okay. So she, she is now going to come out of this, this fugue state that she's in. And she's going to realize that like, she doesn't need Charlie. She doesn't need the husband. It doesn't matter that they're getting divorced. She can be strong on her own. Awesome. And she's in the bed and he's like, I love you so much. And I'm so sorry. And I don't, I, Janet was too young. I had to explain things to her. And, and he's like, and I love you. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to need some time. And I'm like, yes, queen, you yeah. take some time. And then he takes two steps and she's like, do you want to come over to your house to see your kids yeah, on right. Sunday? And then he comes back and he hugs her. And I'm like, so they're getting back together now? Yeah. What is this movie? Yeah, it was the the scene that we referenced a minute ago where he like flips out on her is this like, I mean, throughout the whole movie, Francis Ford Coppola is just directing this movie. It's very sensibly put together. It's very, you know, yeah. well shot. But but there's nothing really flashy about it. It, it, it. It's a very well directed movie, but it's just sort of moving along. And then all of a sudden they go down to her basement yeah. to have this fight. And we're suddenly in like it's dark. There's the one light coming. It's the Godfather all of a sudden. And they're like, they're like having this really intense argument. And I really was just sitting there being like, I don't, I I think, I think we're, we've gone too far. Go back upstairs. Like you need to go back. Like this is the wrong, something about this room is making this fight incredibly intense. And it just was the wrong movie for a second. Like it was just such a wildly intense thing. And it didn't do any favors to the characters. It made me like, yeah. I was not willing to let Charlie back into any chance that in my mind, like he, I, you can't like pull someone out of their bed after like considering smothering them with a pillow and then shake right. them in a scary basement for murders and then think like, I oh, can't wait to marry you. Yeah. And yeah. Not only can't wait to marry you, can't wait to sleep with you in a greenhouse outside well, of my grandfather's creepy lodge. From your grandfather's yes! travel seance. Right. That was <laughs> the really Illuminati with hats. Can we that was that? so so, but like, I is mean, that what happens at like Boomy Temple type things? Is that what it is? I don't know. The, well, the, so if you the, the reading I did on sort of what the screenplay was, this, this movie screenplay underwent a lot of changes, and there was all kinds of stuff like you know, there's the character you meet at the reunion who's in a wheelchair, she like yes, wheels up yeah. to the tape. So, in the original version Rosalie. of the script, she injured herself in a pole vaulting accident or something in high school and like part yeah. of the plot of the movie was Kathleen Turner trying to stop 
the accident from happening. You know what I mean? Like stuff like oh, that. Like, so it was that, it was oh. that kind of movie. But then it, at some point it, you know, they decided it wasn't that kind of movie, but what you then end up with is there are scenes in this movie, like the one I played at the beginning, which is a fantastic scene where she's just, she's just kind of going through the past and like not taking anything very seriously and having a good time. And then her grandmother calls <laughs> and she Mama. breaks because yeah. it is that, I mean, now we're, now it's act three of our town. Now it's like, Oh, I'm now interacting with a person who is definitely not alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And she, it's such a great scene because she just doesn't, she clearly doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how mm -hmm. to feel. She doesn't know mm -hmm. how to act. It's all just very, very confusing and, and hard. And there's scene, like, and then the scene, what happens at the end of the movie, she goes to her grandparents' house. Yes. And I was really just like, this is great. Like, we're going to have this moment with these two wonderful actors playing her grandparents. And they're going to like, they're going to, you know, it's going to be the time spent with these people is precious. And I'm just going to spend as much of it as I can with you. It's going to be that kind of thing. And out of that, some kind of, I was also sort of like, and out of that, something will emerge. Like, we'll have a theme. But then, no, apparently she then leaves and goes Hi, with. They're high. Yeah, they go. It goes from like great small emotionality to the highest heights of farce this movie mm -hmm. ever does where she goes to this lodge where they dress up in these robes and they try to send her back to the future i would have accepted this if like the grandma <laughs> was like you know what i time traveled one time too and like the bit was like oh. it's a family time travel thing or something everyone does when they have like that Richard Curtis movie we didn't watch. What was that? The what's that called? About um, time. About time. There we about go. Time. Oh, you yeah. watched it. I didn't watch it. You I watched did. it. I watched right. that one. Yeah. That was yeah, honestly yeah. my favorite one out of all of Richard Curtis's. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I liked that one. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it like the the grandma says to me at one point like you know, like memories, like, like I, I remember things from 30 years ago better than I do things that happen right now. And it was this type of like, kind of time is fluid and you hold on to what matters to you. Thing yeah. that could have, could have landed differently, or it could have been like, you found the family secret. I'm a time traveler. And right. then we're going to go try to send you back in time. Because also like the grandpa, like group cult i don't know what they were like, yeah i don't know what that, I mean? yeah. it seemed like you know what we can do we can send you back in time and then right. also there was why so why did she know that she was going to the sing but grandma thinks that they watch stag movies and play poker like where what is the right. scene that we miss where the grandpa's like i got yeah I there is absolutely a scene <laughs> because they're sitting in the living room talking and then the next yeah. shot is them getting their coats on and she says has this ever worked before and right. he says once 600 years 600 ago years and ago. i was really like where are we i'm, I'm like oh okay. so i i yeah. just thought oh i missed something so i just backed it up and it was like oh no i didn't i literally yeah, didn't miss anything it also made uh, me wonder when she disappears like when nicholas cage steals yeah. her another red flag for your relationship um mm. they were just like oh, okay we did it like no one checks yeah. on her. Well, they thought they did it. I don't they know. She was they, gone. Yeah, like, thought, I, you know. In theory, she still exists in that well, timeline. They, so. they, they clearly found, they probably found her later, right? With Nicolas Cage and Flagrande Delecto in the, in the uh, you know, in the greenhouse. The, uh, they don't want to see. No, because then she goes away. Well, but like, but then she stays. Like, in, in reality, like, the Kathleen Turner goes back to, to 1986, but they're still... You know, a Peggy Sue in the greenhouse. The time travel issue. But this is the right. thing: is she time traveling? Is it a? Is it's it a, a? 
They called it a burrito. Was the yeah the, Richard? Yeah, Richard's the, what, burrito. which he never explains that. He never, like never. I, burrito. That like was a good joke, though, that he tried to explain to her what a burrito was because in 1961 that would not have been common. I like that. I know joke. what a burrito is. Yeah, yeah, I know what a burrito is. Uh, <laughs> that's also the guy from. Um, that's Tony Award winner Barry Miller in that role, uh, who was in mm. Fame, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, wow. as the stand-up comic. And he's the yeah. friend in Saturday Night Fever who commits suicide, if you've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. Uh, but I thought, I really, like, it's a movie that lost me at the grandparent scene because I really thought, like, the grandmother Wait, was going to get... beforehand? No, but it, like... <laughs> I, but I was going, it, it, okay. it never really, I mean, it never really had me, but it, but it, it really like when we got to, like I said, we got to this grandparent scene. I was like, oh, here we are. We are now at the climax of the movie. Yes. And I really thought Beth piggybacking on what you were saying, my, my brain went to, oh, she's going to talk about how like my life's had a lot of ups and downs, but mm-hmm. every time I look at my kids, mm-hmm. I, I'm like. You know, I know it was worth it. I wouldn't change a thing because then I wouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to put her into this panic. And like, she's going to have to go back to chart. Like, she's going to have to reconcile with him to have the kids. And then Carrie, though, I thought she was going to like when she woke up again, she was going to just dump it. She was going to be like, you know, we, we did our thing. And it was be- that. In a very polite way. I thought she was going to be very sweet about it. Be like, we 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 did. We was great. We have two wonderful kids. But you and I are not good for mm-hmm. each other. And that right. was going to be, you know, the bit. Um. The real Peggy Sue was the friends we made along the way, says Sharon <laughs> in the chat. Uh, very nice, oh Sharon. That's God. good. She um, just didn't seem concerned about the kids at, at all. all. When she did at realize, all. like, oh, I've got, like, this night or I'm not going to have my yeah. my first child. Like, it, it, it yeah, there was no, no like, great. sense of urgency around the memories that she held that we, the audience, didn't know. Yeah. Mm. No, not great. There's no um, sense of urgency anywhere, really. Oh, Jim Carrey was pretty urgent, I felt, in this movie. He was, he was urging things forward. Jim, Jim Carrey way. was doing Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was doing Jim Carrey. He was. Even then, back in 1986, he was doing Jim Carrey all over the place. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I like, you know, there were some, but in general, there were some good scenes and there was some fun stuff. But, you know. Can we eh, talk about Barbara Harris more, though? That's where, that's yeah. where we're at. So let's talk about Barbara Harris. So the... Uh, can I just the, the... say my favorite line of hers? <laughs> oh, was sure, go ahead. Was Peggy, you know what a penis oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stay away from it. Stay away from it. I wrote it down to me up. I laughed it's so great. hard. She had so we we hinted this a little bit. We'll we'll ease into talking about Barbara Harris a little bit. Talking about the mom's plot in this movie. Yeah. Because there's this running bit with her parents. Uh which uh, my one of my favorite lines that I wrote down is Nicholas Cage's line when he talks to her dad and he says, how's the hat store? <laughs> it's just like, that's great. You can run a hat store. That's a riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how are things at the hat store? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. But it is a the, the, the mom in the film is constantly concerned with money. And yeah. when he buys, so there's a, the moment, the big joke, set piece joke or sort of early in the movie is that the dad buys an Edsel. Mm-hmm. which is a famous Ford car failure um, mm-hmm. that I have to, at this point, point out was not in production in 1960. Uh, oh, they oops. stopped producing in 1959, actually. Oops. Um, Maybe he bought an old one. Yeah, he would have had to, uh, which would have made it even sillier that he bought one. But he, he buys one. this car 
the Barbara Harris looks at the sticker on the car a lot, like and is very mm-hmm. concerned about how much money they spent. And then later that scene we they played at the beginning where she's they're they're just hanging out. The intro to that scene is Peggy Sue comes home and Barbara Harris is in the living room with a guy who's like she's selling her jewelry. Yeah. And she then lies about it. She says to him, oh, no, that he's a poll taker. I'm voting Democrat this year. Don't tell your father. Don't tell your father. Which is also just um, like so casual of like, let me tell you yeah. the secret. Don't like, yeah, don't, don't uh, ruin my marriage yeah. by telling him I'm a right. Democrat. Uh, but it is just, it, it's never, it never becomes anything. It never goes anywhere. There's never any second, not not even a second phase to that. Like that the family is in trouble or any of that sort of thing, which is all, of course, undercut by the fact that, like, we Peggy Sue has no memory of there being a problem. So the, clearly there wasn't a problem. I'm not sure what that was doing there. Or her exactly. mom was just really good at hiding any concerns. Sure. But then to what end? What is like an audience member? What am I supposed to get from that? I don't know. It's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. OK, that's it. Uh, so <laughs> let's start. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they thought that one through. <laughs> well, that's the thing is it it doesn't feel very thought through, but it is brought a lot of gravitas by by the wonderful Barbara Harris in this in this film. So the question we're going to try to endeavor to answer with all 13 of these movies is the question that was the, the, the theory that was raised after we watched Harry Kellerman, which is Barbara Harris was the best part of that movie. So the question is, is she mm. the best part of every movie she's in? Mm. And even even when the roles are small, we're starting. This is a steep one. This is going to be an uphill climb because she's only in, I mean, 10 minutes of this. Eight minutes, yeah. Motion picture, eight minutes. Yeah. Like it's very, it's a very, very tiny bit. But Carrie, you said, you, well, I'll kick to you first because you said every time she, when she wasn't there, you wanted her back or you wished there was yes. more of her. Yes. I, I yeah. absolutely did. Every time she came on screen or every time uh, Peggy Sue walked through the door to the house, I leaned forward because I knew that it was Barbara Harris's domain. Like I mom didn't leave the house except to, you know, go to the curb to see the car. Mm-hmm. There was one moment. Mm, I would say uh, it's definitely in like act two of the movie, but it's maybe a third of the way through the film where Peggy Sue has traveled back in time or is dreaming back in time, whatever. Uh, it is breakfast of the second day oh, that yeah. she is mm-hmm. back in the 60s. Um, Peggy Sue, sister Nancy and dad are sitting at the table Mom is running back and forth with this enormous plate of pancakes. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know who's going to eat all those pancakes, but there's like 16 pancakes on this plate and she's putting them on the thing. And Peggy Sue says to her, "Uh, mom, why don't you sit down? Why don't you sit down? Yeah. And she looks at her and she goes, you want me to sit down? (laughs) Okay. Heartbreaking. I was like, but like that, I was just like, give this woman all of these. The awards like that line in that moment said so much about that woman and her role in the household and what it meant to be a mother and a mother in a marriage at that time. I mean, it just mm-hmm. knocked me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. So, yeah, it is yes, a moment like she's... Sharon's pointing out. It's like that. See, it's like the, there's a comment of like this in, in the yeah. movie Christmas story where like my mom never had a meal, like a hot meal and. Fifteen mm-hmm. years or whatever he said. Yeah, it was very that. Yeah. But in a yeah, in the nice moment of drama. Well, Carrie, I think to your point, like she's the only character in this who lives in like one world and doesn't question the kind of weirdness of Peggy yeah. Sue. She's just being a mom. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's taking care of her people, and she is, like you said, in her domain in the house, and she 
she's not like, oh my gosh, you're weird. Like, why are you, are you time traveling? What's wrong with you? Why are you being a weirdo? She's like, my daughter right. needs me right now. And she's mm-hmm. like saying, giving mm-hmm. practical advice and saying things parents would like to their teenage daughters and trying to like keep her two like different age daughters on the same course they need to be on and like trying to um, intervene with the father. Like it just, it's mm-hmm. a very honest and earnest performance the whole time. Whereas everyone else is dealing with like the kind of duality of like, I'm a 43 year old in an 18 year old body. And I don't know what to do with that and mm-hmm. what reacting to that. Okay. Yeah, I was, it, it was, and it was that breakfast scene was also such a typical movie breakfast scene in, in we, other than that moment because like you say she's making this huge plate of pancakes and like Peggy Sue sits down to eat and then immediately has to get up and leave and go get in the car with Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. uh, so it it's just this little kind of tossed away section and I, I really if you listen to the to the scene you can find the scene I played on the beginning, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Grandmother Calls uh, from Peggy Sue Got Married. That's ah. what it's called on YouTube. And if you really listen to the lines she has at the beginning of that scene, it's word salad. She just sort of is like, you know, she's fine. She thought you were like, you're my angel. Like she says all these little like sort of things at the time, but she's just selling them with the right level of intensity and the right mm-hmm. level of like, it just, they, the lines just make sense coming out of Barbara Harris's mouth. And yeah. In a lesser actress's hands, they they absolutely would not have made any sense at all, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, she got she's, it. I mean, to answer your question, yeah. she's the best part of this film. I is think. she the, so that's the question. Is she the best part of the movie, do you think? It's a hard one because she's so like there, yeah, there's I, I I enjoyed every time she was on screen. I liked when she was around. I think she gave a great performance, but I don't know if I could say like she's like the best part about this film. But I also in, in turn don't know what I would say is because that's the, the question. Like because there was a there was a lot of stuff I enjoyed in this movie. I really I enjoyed Kathleen Turner a lot. I thought she did a like yeah. a good job with an absurd kind of premise. I really liked her friends. A lot, her two yes. friends a mm-hmm. lot. I love Joan yeah, Allen and, and I can't Carol. remember. Yeah, Joan yeah. Allen was Maddie and Catherine Hicks was Carol. Catherine and Hicks. I really, the scene that I absolutely, again, felt very, very high school authentic to me is I think it's after she sleeps with the beatnik. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, and they're in her room. And they're in her room. They're like, and, why do we need to yeah. hear about this from someone else? Yes. And then she talks about the fact that she's maybe going to break up with Charlie. And Maddie has a panic attack. He's like, we're going to get married. Like, and all we're all going to get married and we're all going to live on the same street. And we're all going to, and she just like absolutely flips out in that very authentic like teenage way yes. you're just like no 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 like this is all we, we, we that like the certainty of it. it was so so beautiful and her genuine terror that one of her friends was gonna go off book was just like in that it also had that moment to it like and i wonder if this is just reading into it knowing like what you know when you're an older person of her being like listen i put up with a lot of crap from my guy because we're all doing this together and like you're just gonna like have to deal with that and then mm-hmm. you know it it slides away. Is she the one who is married to her high school sweetheart, or is that the other? Yeah. One? Yes. Yeah. That yes. is she. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ones who missed the sexual revolution is what. Yeah. Uh, that was Lisa funny. Jane Persky says that was funny. Yes. The other what the other friend. Just... She then she didn't marry Jim Carrey, but then she just did some no. casual medical grade 
some pharmaceutical yeah. grade pharmaceutical grade. apologies pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical grade yeah. like i was just like oh just like some casual drugs from the dentist here we go oh, well yeah. you know whatever walter wants walter, walter gets walter gets Which yeah that's very I true i don't love but no. i no no one no one does yeah. i have to say like no one Didn't probably like loves that. that at all no, no. uh it, it, yeah she really <laughs> It's super gross. What is Lisa Jane Persky as Dolores Dodge? What is her deal in this movie? Her like she's she's kind of a B to everybody in 61. And then she's definitely like, is she a reporter or is she just like recording people's conversations? In or was she like tasked on a committee to do that? Yeah. Oh, I guess that's possible. Yeah. She's Rizzo without redemption, though. She's just. Gross. Yeah. Future podcaster. Future oh, podcaster. Sharon. Well, she would have been a podcaster if this movie Absolutely. had been set. That the, woman has like the... a radio show for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, there's, there's so much, there's a lot of fun stuff in this movie, but I don't know that like, I found it to be great. I don't know. Like, I, I did enjoy it, I think on balance, but it's like, I don't know. Like there's so many, it, it's this weird example of this, like this time period in the in the mid 80s to me where. I'm a really big fan, I've said this before, I think, on this show where the, the of. Um, uh, movies in the 70s were the, the, before, like the structure became something everybody adhered to where certain things just kind of happen, scenes just mm-hmm. occur and it's never really there's no real reason for it. It just sort of occurs because it's a fun scene or it's an interesting moment. Um. But this is sort of in between those two things where we have these scenes like the the problem is the in between scenes in this raise so many questions like why is the mom selling her jewelry? Why is, you know, the grandfather part of this lodge? Well, like they 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 raise so many questions in the audience that we're sort of like, well, clearly this is going to lead to something like this has to. And then it just it just absolutely does not. Um, Do you think like scenes were cut or they just were not? Oh, hundred percent scenes were cut. Yeah. No, I think scenes were cut, like, but it seems the like they were cut kind of haphazardly. Mm. I don't even know if they were shot. Like it seems like the screenplay was like just slashed and burned and they just filmed what they, what they had. I also know it had to be brought in because uh, Coppola at the time was in trouble um, and it had to be brought in under budget and under schedule or he didn't get final cut on it. And yeah, so everybody I was worked really hard on like his career. I mean, his career in the eighties is pretty mixed. He made Rumblefish he- and he made um, the outsiders, but otherwise okay. it was like, it was a lot of flops and big, big budget. Fl- when he lost money, Francis Coppola lost money. Like his movies okay. lost a lot of money. And, but this was everybody- after the Godfather. Yeah. Was oh yeah. Godfather, Godfather 72. Godfather 72. After the after the outsiders, yeah. I mean, he was he was a force to be reckoned with. But when you say he was in trouble just because they were over over or financially, was he was oh, okay. he was okay. he was always I mean, he, he he's had a career if you if you uh, if you dig into it where he's he's never been someone that studios have liked working with uh, because he just he he doesn't he he's one of those he's like kind of like quentin tarantino in the sense of like he just spends a lot of money on the movies like he just spends yeah. the money that needs to be spent to make the movie he wants to make and when that's the godfather or the godfather 2 that's fine but when yeah. it's tucker a man in his dream uh, a movie he made that that literally nobody saw uh 
it it's a big problem. The, the movies lose tons and tons of money. And so in the mid 80s, he was really he was having trouble getting work. And he mm. took this movie, really wanted to do it. And like I said, the deal was if he brought it in under on time and on budget, he would get final cut. And everybody kind of knew that apparently and worked really, really hard to to get it done mm-hmm. on time. But I think one of the side effects of getting it done on time is they just dumped a bunch of stuff, you know, that they yeah. connective tissue that they weren't going to worry about. Is and that so, like a typical kind of incentive that you won't get final cut mm, if you go can over be. budget? It can be you're you're having final cut as a director can be contingent on certain things like coming in under budget. Yeah, that would actually that would be something he would get written into his his deal. Okay. Um, I mean, it it does make me wonder then if there is a director's cut somewhere that has um, all of the connective tissue that we're missing. Yeah, that's Paul, Mr. Coppola right now. Oh, you want to call him? Okay, I will. I definitely will. Get on the horn. It's three hours earlier in it California. Did, excuse he's, me. He's yeah. <laughs> Ooh, prop work. Totes. I love it. Look at that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One from the heart was also a big flop. He he really. If you look at his list of movies, like it it it's mo- it's absolute American classics and movies you have never heard of. He doesn't make anything in between. It's I didn't really realize though. So, I I didn't realize maybe I did that he directed the Robin Williams movie Jack. Yes. Oh. My heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That movie. Uh, There's some odd then, ones in, in the mix there. And then I also didn't realize that he directed, like, he was also a director of the John Grisham uh, Rainmaker. Thriller yeah. to th- thriller to screen Rainmaker with Matt Damon, right? Yeah. Damon. Right. With Matt Damon and uh, Danny DeVito and Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Better than the Pelican Brief. Still not the firm. <laughs> How about uh, what's the what's the really good one? Time to Kill. That's a, that's a good movie. That I like Time to Kill. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just very sweaty in that movie. I just want it is a very sweaty, <laughs> like literally sweaty movie. Not not when oh you say gosh. a movie is a very sweaty movie, it usually means it's sexy. This movie is just no. It's are just, they are perspiring. People are perspiring through the whole yeah. movie. I don't They're like wet. that as a review. Ooh. It's a very wet movie. Yeah. Moist. Oh, it is, it's a very, very moist. Movie. It is a it is a Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. It's his big breakout like drama. Yeah, yeah. He's putting it yeah. in. He's yeah. He's awesome in it. The final monologue is heartbreaking. Anyway, that's not what this yeah, podcast is. Not about. at all. But here we are. <laughs> no, we're not gonna it do we're not gonna now. do a year of John Grisham. Oh uh, that, that's never well, gonna couldn't possibly. He doesn't have 12 films. Uh oh. Burn. Ooh. Uh gingerbread man's movie. Um oh. but so I actually oh I wanted to talk to you guys about something. This is serious. So there is Why Sharon is mentioned Moon Sharon mentioned Moonstruck in the in the chat at some point, which is of course also another Nicolas Cage movie. And this movie shares an important piece of connective tissue with Moonstruck uh that I find awful and wonder what where it comes from and how often it occurs in in movies and and TV, which is a marriage is in trouble Mm -hmm. because the husband is having an affair, like not sleeping around. He's having an affair with one specific woman. Mm -hmm. And when he gives up that woman, the marriage is allowed to return to the, the way it was beforehand without any kind of questions asked really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in Moonstruck, it's the dad is is having an affair and he's sort of like he has to give her up. And so he does. And it's a very, very odd scene that's supposed to be deeply romantic, I think, based on the way it's shot that I've always found kind of weird. But in this, it's the worst kind to me where it's like, no, I got tired of explaining to her like she thought the big bopper was a hamburger. I'm like, is, is that supposed to be charming? Am I supposed to find that amusing? That, okay. I think there were a lot it, of things you were supposed to find charming and amusing about him that I did not. But that's the one that's most like culturally damaging to me because it seems like she's on board with that explanation. I'm like, oh, okay, she's dumb. Okay, then it's fine. You were sleeping with her for how long? Like weeks, months? Like how how long? Like we're just not going to deal with this at all? It's just going to be fine. And it's it's like Ted Kennedy was shot. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, but it's it's just so flat. And I it, it, it happens in movies like this a lot i think from this time period where it's just like oh he's he's given up he's not he's not having an affair anymore so it's fine and then we're just not going to talk about it it's just such an odd ending so do you have a is there a question there did you have a question what is this am i am i is it one of these times where it's like i'm just noticing this now as as you know from my (laughs) seat of privilege is this always been going on or is this like is it is it a is it just weird that it it happens in two movies to star nicholas cage is it like which which is the you know which would you say say it is I mean, Nicolas Cage has been in a lot of movies. He has been in a lot of movies. So I don't know if it's weird that this happens in like the only two Nicolas Cage movies that there are because there's a lot more than two. There's a lot. That's true. That's true. There's a ton. I do think it's probably a product of its time. Is it an Italian-American thing? That's the other Moonstruck. Oh, hey. hey. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. No, 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 no. No. Valid valid question. This is when Patrick died because Kevin murdered him. Is it an Italian-American patriarchy view that as long as the father admits that the woman he was sleeping no, with is an idiot, he can I go back to his a, life? Like, what's I think it's the, a patriarchal you know? view. I think it's a patriarchy thing. It's just a general thing. patriarchy I view? Okay. It is a, it, I don't think it's a, a geographic. No. Okay, uh, all right. I also think it kind of Is it a Catholic thing? I don't know. No. That's, maybe that's the question. Maybe. And, well, it bugs the question <laughs> about like the movies that these are happening and are they set in time periods in which women would have agency or means to not be married to that person? Like, is this a... I mean, like, they're contemporary to the 80s, certainly. Yeah, but so, like, so the, was that mixed. feeling like, what were the divorce rates in the 80s? Like, was that very commonplace? Like, I don't know. Mm. I feel like I'm acting like the 80s were 9,000 years ago and they weren't. And I... Oh, golly, oh, Beth. Thanks. I know. I'm uh, sorry. I know. I know. Elizabeth, I, you're I talking mean, to two the, children the, of the 80s. I know. But <laughs> you're the 80s. We were children. Some children gather around. No, in, so in the eighties, happening. In the eighties, the there west. was there was the an sweaters uptick. were so itchy. They were, and there was a, there was an uptick in divorce. Mm-hmm. There was this this concept of a fracturing of the traditional nuclear household that was dependent mm-hmm. on a, a number, or that was dependent that was blamed on a number of things, like women working out of the home. Yes. Um, uh, the agency uh, to divorce someone if they do not want to be married to them. Okay. Yeah. Also, also that too. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think of like. I don't think that this is a this is a trope that just belonged to this era of films. I feel like there are there are things in the. I just spent actually. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say it the way that I that that I oh. thought it because. 
I have been introducing my dogs to movies from the 2000s. You're doing the Lord's work. I really am. <laughs> uh, and so we've been watching these movies together. This is also when I I, I broke Patrick. <laughs> but I have. I've been so like, like it's not only it's not only an affair I haven't shown them good boy yet that is on the list thank you excellent or that's a 90s movie I guess air bud no no no, those are not we can't watch we cannot watch movies with animal distress we can't do that but like things I hate about you miscongeniality right like movies from the 2000s the 2010 league all of the we had a we had three nights where we did the three legally blondes right like we just we've been just enjoying ourselves catching up on films that i used to enjoy because i have also been really interested in like do they still hold up or not fine so Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. so there have been a lot of a lot of conversations that i've had with myself because the girls aren't interested in talking about it uh (laughs) with like whether he cheats on her or not, or whether she cheats on him or not, and somebody takes it back together, there are a number of instances where somebody does somebody else wrong mm-hmm. or they treat somebody badly. And then there just appears to be this decision that like, okay, we can move forward. Oh, you said you're sorry. I'm not seeing any behavior change. I think Beth said earlier something about consequences, right? I see no consequences. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no sort of atonement um or like learning from the experience just it's just like well that well that happened and so now we can move on um so i don't i don't think it's a cage effect i don't think that it's an italian american (laughs) i don't think it's the 80s being a, a a really weird time for trying to figure out where women did or did not have autonomy in their own lives and in their own sex lives because actually we didn't talk about this but that scene when they're in the car oh yeah and she's like uh, Lana, and he's like huh after after no. the scene that, that beth is standing in front of you mean where she gets all hot and bothered for his, the singing yes group? yeah because they're singing which he was my, li- my least I mean, I favorite to genre that. Of i feel like every like actress has had that feeling like oh my god that man's on stage what but like he did not deserve <laughs> that attention he did no, not no they were flat no especially because his bye-bye at the end was completely atonal and i didn't understand wow. it but yeah. anyway like but it. that scene in the car where she is like she is she is owning her sexuality she is trying to initiate she says making love and then he giggles and he says what do you mean like sex and then he goes intercourse intercourse like he gets super flustered about it and then he gets right. mad at her and he's like that's yeah. a guy thing that's a guy line and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah yeah so are you mad at her because you don't actually want to or are you mad at her because she changed her mind after you know like what is the story that we're telling mm-hmm. her but then the next day it was fine we all just decided to move on from well, this thing like it never happened he- he almost has a moment. This was the other frustrating thing. Is like she goes to see him at work. He's like hard selling this guy divorce, which is a very funny moment where he's yeah. like hard selling this guy classical music and he knows nothing about it. And he's like, whatever, yeah. selling, selling. It's like that was a neat little moment. And then he has this this thing where he's like, I guess girls feel that same way. God, like he almost yeah. grows. He almost oh, yeah. like that's the thing. And I was sort of like. And then the, another point where I was like, oh, maybe this is what she's going to do. She's going to to like she's going to turn him into like a more self-actualized like. Yeah. 
guy and like lovely time to go try back to, to him. prevent the affair from ever happening because like the, she's strengthening the foundation of their relationship but then immediately no that's not that's not the movie we're making here no no and we're, I like it that you know he she gave him a song and then he rewrote it and it was bad I, that was funny that, that was, was funny. that was funny that was really funny she I, loves I like you yeah ooh. Like, yeah she loved it. me ooh. she loves ooh, me ooh, like, ooh, yeah. ooh. Oh, so yeah <laughs> but it is that's see what like, that really interesting again sponge. that was a moment that interested me a lot because you can't just do that like i really liked wow. that moment of like you can't just like give somebody the song she loves me and like that's and that's gonna be it there's so right. many other things and like he's a doo-wop singer so of course he like wants to turn it into a doo-wop song and right. like you know I can just imagine like she hands him the sheet music to she loves she loves you. And then he like he's not hearing the Beatles perform it. He's then gonna perform it himself at home. Like yes. it's not gonna sound like anything. Do you, do you yeah. know this was Richard Curtis's inspiration for the movie yesterday? Oh no. No, it wasn't. I still haven't <laughs> seen that movie though. I refuse to watch that movie or really even I acknowledge it. I haven't I haven't seen it. Is it's it the one where like watch? there's some there's some weird time travel element and like the Beatles never oh, exist. One guy yeah. remembers all the all Beatles of the songs. Beatles music, yeah. And so right. he writes them all down and becomes uh very famous. Yeah, Sharon, That's it's right. called yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And it's yep. yeah, it's very right. I found it. Everything else about the world is <laughs> exactly the same. But the Except Beatles never Beatles. existed. But the Beatles like, never existed. And Sheeran shows up in it, and it's like right. Who's also still famous, performing like performing music that was inspired by Beatles music. This is why I can't watch the movie. Like it just doesn't like How to logic. Get your logic out of here. The, you the logical watch this fallacy. Movie and you want logic? <laughs> uh, but like, but this is going back in time. Like you go, you can't like you can't. Re- and this actually kind of deals with that a little, even though it doesn't because well, it, when it, we go it, it engage with it, but because we never really find out. Like she gives. Was it Richard? Is he the nerd? Um, yes. Yeah. She gives him all this future knowledge. They're going to make pantyhose. Like they're going to become millionaires making, uh, you know, um, and it just, uh, it, the, the, again, that never, that never, we, when she gets back to the present, we never find out like. They give you one. Did that have an impact? There's a, he gives her a book from the, the beatnack guy. Yeah. Well, the poet. Like, right. Yeah. The beatnack like, guy. Yeah. Oh, it was dedicated to you, but that's really all we get of like look you there there were changes well and she dismisses it she's like oh i didn't really know him never mind and we're like oh yeah there could have been like a knowing glance of like ah yes my time travel was real mm-hmm. <laughs> some i i did you know what that was really missing at the end because instead of doing that instead of having like a wink to the camera or mm-hmm. something of like was it real or wasn't it you know like just some kind of in between moment and you Instead were there we get... and you yes were there, it's the wizard of oz yes but like, yes did you like get like did you guys observe how unbelievably weird the last shot of that movie was i was confused because i thought at first like they they pull away and i was like are we going into a different reality now and i had to rewind it and realize like it's the mirror but it's not it didn't it didn't oh, it's yeah. not a mirror. Yes. So it is supposed to be the camera starts inside the mirror yeah. and then pulls out of the mirror and we see the scene. But you can't do that, especially in 1986. So what it actually is. It didn't work. Is, is it it's a cut rooms. It's a it's It's a cutout in a wall. You have a room, a back room with actors in it who are mirroring what the actors in the foreground are doing. And what's a riot about it is they are 
they're doing a really good job. I want to say, like, I don't know if they're watching a monitor or something, like how they're doing it exactly. But if you know that's what's happening, they are not doing it exactly right. And it looks like exactly okay. what it is. I'm really it's... glad you said that because I rewound a few times and was like, am I losing my mind? Like, I'm trying yeah, to no, figure out what's it's... happening. And I like, it was a mirror. Yeah. I, I looked at Peggy Sue and I was like, why does she look different? Is this supposed to be yeah. like we're seeing like what her life could have turned out to be too? And like, yeah. Yeah. See... ending where she's in the hospital bed and then she's like, get out of here, Nicolas Cage. And he's gone. I was like waiting for some other reality to sliding doors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what I think Coppola was trying to do something like that. Be like, we've gone through the looking glass and now Mm -hmm. we're here. But it was like way too late in the movie to try to shoehorn in a theme. You know, you can't like shoehorn in a theme on the last shot. It doesn't quite. Yeah. And the hair, Sarah's pointing out the hair doesn't quite match on, on whoever's doubling for Helen Hunt. And it's just it also really goes to the fact that, like, it was so distracting to me that I wasn't I was very clearly way out of the movie at that point. Mm-hmm. Like that that whatever had happened in the scene with Nicolas Cage right before that, where, like, as Carrie said, she she invites him to dinner at his house with his mm-hmm. family uh, and I makes him, makes him feel like a man. Yeah, it was cool. very gross. Uh, she it, it, it just. It, it I was so far out of the movie when this weird trick shot came up. I became obsessed with like the background actors not quite mm-hmm. matching the foreground mm-hmm. because I wasn't watching anymore. And it's like, oh man, like movie, you lost me. At some well, point, you just in the last you completely seconds, lost me. Like the thing is also, oh, yeah. in that shot, it looked like Nicolas Cage's pants were transparent. Ooh. Everybody's gonna go back back to the movie now. (laughs) It looked like he. Well, you can't say something like that, Carrie, and not expect me to pull up the movie. (laughs) It looked like you could, or whomever, or the actor, right? Or the sure, right, right, right. It looked like because you have this like side shot of his hip as he's like leaning across the bed, and it looks like you can see through his pants to his underwear, but it looks like his pants are too light for the shade of undergarment that he is wearing. Oh, you can see a panty line. Sharon's dad said, I can see a pa-. Sharon. Your dad is not wrong. I'm so, I feel so validated in this. This is the too. double, the double. We can see the panty line. Is that what I, you're saying? Or is it, it was Nicholas just whatever Cage? was in the frame? I even, I didn't back. even, I it's thought it's gotta it was be the mirror. double. I missed that it was like a double or whatever because, oh, you are like, so right. Can yeah. you see through that man's pants? Yeah, that's, that's a what VPL I for, for sure. On. There yeah. definitely are VPLs. Can I Thank share you. My screen? Like, is that? Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the danger of wearing white pants. Yes, I think we can, can all agree. Screen. Is it the screen. danger of wearing white pants? I can't share my screen. Yeah, it's oh. having a VPL. I think so. Patrick. Oh, a visible panty line. Is that what you just pulled out? Yeah, that's yes, what a VPL he did. Is. Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, it's you can definitely so weird. see it. Yeah, you can totally this, see it. I was distracted by that, and not so much the doubles. But I definitely, when I like looked back, I was like, "Her face looks different." Uh, maybe I missed something. It, no, that is well, yeah. And oh, the version I was watching butt. with the Portuguese subtitles was a little blurry, and I was like, "Maybe I just uh, can't see it properly." So it like no, it's hmm? it's a really yeah no, it's all definitely it's it, it's a really well. I will say it's a like it's an interesting shot. It's very well done. It's it's an innovative moment, right? But it comes. Yeah. So, so late and so like, I'm I'm just, we're past this now. Like we can't, yeah. now this is the wrong time to bring this in. That could have and, been a cool, like kind of um, 
like theme to go out there the whole movie of like we're, yeah. we're seeing these parallel lives happening that like you're seeing what she did and what she's going to do differently instead of just yeah. her telling us but that would have made but that again was in what movie and more complicated because it really is a movie that's about the small moments of like intense emotional drama between the characters and incredibly high arch comedy which is like so you have like grandma okay. calling going to the grandmother's house talking to her mother talking to her sister like yeah, trying man. to enjoy your time with people even mm -hmm. the moments where like she has small moments with charlie like connecting with him about little things and like that's right and then you also have I mean, the Masonic Lodge is the biggest example, but like her running all over town with Richard and his kite, like just kind of zany, weird science type mm -hmm. energy, hanging out with the beatnik on the, uh, you know, on the bluff and like yeah. all this, like it just, it, it, they're two very, very different movies tonally. And I think it's, I, I think Coppola does a pretty good job of like holding the whole thing together. I think that's why it ultimately was a success. But uh, like the minute you start to look at it, you're like, this really is two different movies kind of slammed together. And I think that if they decided if it was a zany comedy about a woman who goes back in her own past. Yeah. And like tries to set things up to be super successful and can't like that would have been really interesting if like the laws of time travel won't let her uh -huh. do the thing. She's like she knows how to do this thing and it just won't ever hold like the pantyhose or whatever, whatever she's making. It won't hold together. It's like mm -hmm. physically won't work because time won't let it like that would have been interesting. Or mm. if it was act three of our town, that would have been interesting, but it's neither. Okay. It's, or I shouldn't say it's both. And because it's both, it's kind of, kind of neither. Well, it's all and it's nothing. It's everything and it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. I think and it like is, it is also playing off period as Sharon's pointing on the chat. I mean, this is, you know, mid, mid to late eighties yeah. is peak fifties, sixties, nostalgia, like or late fifties, early sixties nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like, this is where we're, we're, we're living it. I do um, wonder if the kind of like two different approaches you just described or why it maybe wouldn't hold up today as well as it did where it was a smashing success. Whereas mm -hmm. we watched yeah. and are kind of like, oh, what's going on over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's trying to do two different things at the same time in a way that we're not like interested in packaging together. Yeah, or I think it's, it's done better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very done. I think I think it was new at the time. Mm. Um, but I also think you have to remember it's the kind of thing where like people were go you're going to the movies to see this sort of stuff like this stuff. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you had three TV channels and you had the movies and. You know, this is weird and inventive and kind of funny and, and the performances are good. So, OK, like that's a successful movie in the mid in the mid to late 80s. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't set the world on fire. It doesn't live on. Like you say, Beth, you didn't encounter this movie. It's not one that mm -hmm. like keeps coming up, but it was a hit when it was out. It's one that people and it launched and it was it also has a lot of people in it who eventually became incredibly famous. So, yeah. You know, that that speaks aggressively. OK, so it's aggressively. OK, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Sharon, that's the best review of that's it. Good. Aggressively. OK. And it was it was an hour and 46 minutes. And it, it moves. It really Which does. Great. Move. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. Yeah. Doesn't dwell. Cooks right wow. along. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, sweet and then alternately sweet and weird kind of every like yeah. every other minute. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of moments where I was like putting myself in her shoes and thinking like, what would I do if I was able to hear mm -hmm. my grandmother's voice again? Or if I was able to, oh, like, it would kill my grandfather, it would absolutely like, be at my me. grandparents' yeah. house. I was like, I would be oh, wrecked yeah, that would be, that would and be, like that so would, confused yeah. and so just like 
um, like I would urgently need to be near them. I wouldn't have been as casual about it. And so like, yeah, I feel like I'd be, would you feel like you'd be touching everything? Like yeah. there's that sort of like weirdly like tactile thing about stuff like that, where I feel like I would just be literally well, touching it. When she like walks up to the house for the first time, she takes this big breath of like, yeah, okay, she does like, opens like knocks on the door to be like, mm-hmm. hello. Like if I, right. if my mother was gone and I was somehow transported back into a point when she was right there, I would have been mm-hmm. like, give me your face i'm just going to hold well, yeah like that's the thing is we don't we don't know if her mother's you. gone and right. i think that like that's another mm-hmm. thing this last scene of could have used was like you said they really should have just done the wizard of oz mm-hmm. it should have been her mother and nicholas cage and her dad and her sister and like everyone should have been there yeah. and she could have said you know and you and you and you were there yeah um and that would have been that would have been fine again what like i don't think say- it would have tipped I don't remember you being this young. I never remember yeah, you this young. That yeah. Was sweet and sad. Yeah. It was sweet and sad. At its best, it was like I say, I think I'm incredibly envious of that scene that I played at the beginning, the scene where the grandmother yeah. calls. Like it really caught me off guard. It mm-hmm. was so authentic mm-hmm. and beautiful. And the scene that comes out of it being I really see that was a moment where the two tones really work well together. Yeah, because they do. Because Peggy Sue is not having the same emotional moment that her mother's having. Her mother Mm -hmm. is dealing with an emotional teenager. Yeah. And she's trying to, like, figure out why her teenager's emotional. And she's terrified that she's going to have sex before marriage, which, spoiler alert, she is. And so, like, and and so that's all that's on her mind. She's just trying to figure that out. And this other is a grown woman wrestling with more like that this person she loved is dead and she unexpectedly got to talk to her and how do i even process that and it ends in this great moment of juxtaposition comedy where she Mm -hmm. says you know what a penis is and it's just yeah like so that's like that's the movie they were obviously like that's the best version of this sort of idea and it never gets that good again (laughs) (laughs) and that's why you played that scene and that's why i picked that scene and who's and who's in that scene Barbara Harris. Barbara, Barbara Harris, Harris. In that scene, making that scene work and making that scene be be great. Yeah, I I would venture to say she, because it'll be a really boring podcast if I didn't. She's the best part of this movie, uh, but but also mainly because of like Beth, what Beth said. I don't know what else I choose. To I don't. Yeah. Movie. The grandparents, maybe like the grandparents, her friends, and and her mother. Like that. Those were the parts that I really, really I enjoyed a lot. And you know, Nicholas Cage, take him, take it, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. That's- that's my uh, answer. There we go. Sharon saying 13 going on 30 is a better movie. I agree. I think she, that's a that's a, a better better movie along the same theme. 13 going on 30 is a great movie. Yeah. It is wonderful. Uh, but, you know, there we go. So that's the first movie of the Barbara Harris Uber that we're covering here, everybody. We did it. We've we introduced did it. The thing. Uh, and it's gonna get it's gonna get weird kind of right away. The next movie we're doing in January is Secondhand Hearts with her and Robert Blake from 1980, where she plays um she plays a honky tonk singer who tricks Robert Blake into marrying her so she can keep her kids. Uh, I love it that is... for her. Was Robert yeah. Blake um? This is before Robert... he allegedly murdered his wife. If that's thank what you're you for there you yeah. go. Oh, Great. thank yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. He was acquitted for that crime, I will have if to say. If you say so. If uh, you but, say so. But no Ooh. one has ever sounded good saying that about anybody. So I'm not going to. Just I'm saying that purely for libelous reasons. He was he was oh. <laughs> arrested. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, no, not even allegedly. He was acquitted. No, he you was acquitted. To, blah, blah, he blah, was blah. acquitted of the crime. Yeah. 
Yeah. You lost the civil trial. Um, so yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get weird and uncomfortable right away. Uh, where we deal with Barbara Harris at the, at the heading towards the end of her career, Robert Blake at the end of his like star career. Um, mm-hmm. and it's directed by Hal Ashby, who did make some great movies. So I'm excited oh. to see that one. Yeah. yeah um, but so that's secondhand hearts in January and February. We're doing the seduction of Joe Tynan, uh, the first movie Alan Alda ever wrote, and he also stars in that movie about uh, mm. a politician. It also stars um. Meryl Streep is also in that movie. Uh, and Rip Torn has actually got a really good cast. Then we go right in, into March. We do the the North Avenue Irregulars. That DVD arrived today. The Disney movie, Ooh. The North Avenue Irregulars. Uh, about a group of housewives who take on the mafia. That's going to be zany. <laughs> There's no way that's not zany, right? It's not madcap. It does. And then uh, after that, we go to Freaky Friday, the original with Jodie Foster Woo-hoo. and Barbara. Yeah. And Barbara Harris as the switching places. I cannot wait to see that because that sounds like incredibly suited to both of those actors talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and great. That one is on Disney Plus. Yeah. You can't get North Avenue or regulars on Disney Plus. I don't know why there are so many Disney movies you can't get on Disney Plus. Is it a Disney um, movie? It is. Yeah. It was a the- oh. it was a theatrical one of those like weird 70s, 80s comedies they used to make that just, you know, Came out, but Freaky Friday They're is still in the place. vault. You got to get him out of the get vault. Get him out of the vault. Get it out of the vault. Uh, and then we go into Family Plot with the Alfred Hitchcock movie. His last movie um, was stars yeah. Barbara Harris. Yeah, which is a pretty cool little piece of synergy. Um, and that is in May. And then in June, we're going with the Robert Altman uh, classic Nashville, uh, which is a 20 character epic about something we'll figure it out uh it's a great movie it's one of my favorites but it's hard to explain uh then we go to the they weirdest always one on the group. are patrick they always are uh then we go in july to the machu eagle murder caper mystery i have no idea what this movie is about except that it's probably a murder caper mystery uh it is available on youtube in its entirety uh as is the uh, our august movie mixed company which is a mid-70s effort at racial equality PSA kind of feel good movie. So that's going to be a train wreck. Get get ready for that one. Uh, and then in uh, August or excuse me, in September, we have the war between men and women, which is her and Jack Lemon, which should be a fun, fun spawn in uh, October. Plaza Suite, the Neil Simon uh, movie, Plaza Suite, starring wow. Walter Matthau and uh, Barbara Harris and, and several other people. And then if I can find a copy of it in November, we're doing Oh, Dad, Poor Dad, Mama Sung You in the Closet and Feeling So Sad with the movies Gypsy, Rosalind Russell and uh, stage and screens, um, J. Pierpont Finch, Robert Morse. And then we close it out in December with A Thousand Clowns. Yeah. Um, but Oh, Dad, Poor Dad is the only movie I have not been able to track down. So you're giving yourself a, a wide berth. So I have a long movie. time to try to find it. Not been able to track down of a copy of that there. Is it available on Amazon Prime? Okay, well then we're definitely doing it if it's available. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a great year. I hope you can uh, go on over to Patreon.com/slash/OriginalCastPod and become a patron of the Original Cast and join us for our live streams. Join us for the the conversations where we talk about these movies and the inimitable Barbara Harris. Is inimitable the right word? Ineffable. What word? Inimitable. Inimitable. Well, with Franz like these, inimitable, inimitable, so good or unusual as to be impossible to copy. Inimitable. There we go. Inimitable. That's what I meant. The inimitable, but I can't say it. Inimitable. See, now it's been a long day for everybody. The the inedible Barbara Harris. 
Uh, <laughs> but thank you. Well, it's true. Uh, accurate, accurate is great. Uh, but thank you, Beth. Thank you, and thank Patrick. you, Terry. Hey, thanks for helping us kick this off. And uh, there's no sign off, so I just stopped the recording at some point. And- oh, <laughs> you, should, you should think of a fun Barbara Harris sign off. Like what? Like should it be the line of Do you know what? Have a you penis heard of a, Do you know what a penis is? <laughs> Stay away from Stay it. Stay away from it. <laughs> Stay away from it. Do you want you want me to sit down? Right. <laughs> Do you want me to sit down? I'll come. Oh, we'll find a line. Yeah, we'll find a line the, for me. What's the the like? Don't tell your father. I'm voting Democratic. Voting Democrat. <laughs> it is I an election year. That and scene. There'll be mystery and catastrophe, but it's all in fun. You pay the money, wait and see. <laughs> <laughs>